episode of All About Elephants, we speak with Marianne Holm from Lucy's Edmonton Advocates Project, also known as LEAP. Marianne will share the latest in their mission to free Lucy the Elephant from her 45-year captivity at the Edmonton Valley Zoo and how we as listeners can help. There's lots to come as we chat with Marianne, who's now here in our virtual studio. Welcome, Marianne. Hi, Rachana. I'm really glad to be here. We're so happy to have you here. Marianne, we have lots to cover. There's lots of movement happening with Lucy's case, including a petition this Friday to City Hall. That's this Friday, May 6th. So I'd like to start our conversation by asking you a little bit about Lucy's situation. Uh, She's a 47-year-old elephant at the zoo. Talk to us about Lucy and her condition. Okay, yes. Uh, Lucy has been here in Edmonton for 45 years. It will be 45 years this May, May 19th. And um, she was captured from the wilds of Sri Lanka as an infant. And when she should have still been nursing from her mother, she was taken away and sold or captured by a wildlife broker who then took her to this horrible facility in Sri Lanka called the Pinawala Elephant Orphanage. And it's not an actual orphanage, it's more of a brokerage uh, to sell these elephants to uh, temples in Sri Lanka and to Western zoos, you know, to live their lives as as inmates, um, entertaining the public. So we suspect, because it was commonplace back then, and still happens to this day, that Lucy's herd might have been killed in order to obtain Lucy. Um, The elephants aren't normally very willing to give up their precious babies. So often it's a very violent scene where this poor elephant is captured and the herd pays the price. So poor Lucy, uh, by way of Pinawala Orphanage in Sri Lanka, was ended up being sold to the Edmonton Valley Zoo for just under $10,000 way back in 1977, and she made the journey from her homeland, unfortunately here to Edmonton, Alberta, where she has remained ever since. We don't know much else about her background. I actually traveled to Sri Lanka to meet with some conservationists there to see if we could uncover some more records of where her original location was and more about the the whole process in which she underwent to get to Edmonton here, but we were unable to recover anything because that was way back, um, you know, in the 1970s and there just were no records available. So um, Lucy arrived here on May 19th, 1977. And during the time here in Edmonton, she has never been with another of her own species. She did spend some years, about 17 years, with an African elephant named Samantha. And we understand from our contacts with elephant experts and conservationists that it's highly inappropriate to keep an Asian elephant with an African elephant. They are two completely different species, although many people see them the same way. They don't speak the same language. They don't display the same behaviors. And oftentimes African elephants being much larger, are also more aggressive. So it was a poor decision on behalf of the Edmonton Valley Zoo to place Lucy with Samantha, and it's not something you see normally done um, today. 
Although in saying that, we do have pictures of Lucy with Samantha, and there did appear to be some sort of bond between the two elephants. So we feel that despite the inappropriateness of putting them together, we feel it was probably a big loss to Lucy to even lose Samantha after being with her for 17 years. So Samantha went off to the North Carolina Zoo um, after, as I said, spending 17 years with Lucy. It was stated that she was going for a breeding loan to the North Carolina Zoo, but she has never come back. So aside from that 17 years with a Another species, Lucy has resided alone and has essentially been in solitary confinement here in Edmonton. So Lucy has been in confinement, solitary confinement uh, for a significant portion of these 45 years. And it sounds like, you know, she was captured at age two or around age two, uh, ripped from her mother and under very likely difficult and tragic conditions. Talk about the the lifespan of an elephant, because we're now entering potentially critical time for an elephant who's captive and the length of their longevity. Can you talk a little bit about the outlook for Lucy? Yes, we do know um, from all these years of, of elephant captivity that we see that elephants in zoos die very prematurely, um, up to two or three decades earlier than they should. So an elephant in the wild or even in a sanctuary, can live to be as old as a human being, Uh, this does not happen to captive zoo elephants. Typically, you won't find an elephant older than 50 in a zoo. There have been a few, but it's very rare. Most tend to die by the age of 40. Uh, Average lifespan can be about 45 years. So now with Lucy turning 47 this year, um, she's certainly um, at a critical point and unfortunately should have been moved a decade ago when campaigns for her started, Um, but it's still not too late. And, you know, we still hope that if she was moved to sanctuary, it would certainly uh, increase her longevity. And we definitely know without question, it would increase her quality of life. Yeah, I'd like to to ask you more about Lucy and her health conditions and also the climate that she's in. But I, I do want to ask and have our listeners understand a bit more as well about LEAP and about you, Marianne. So can you talk about what LEAP has been working on and your organization and what you're doing for Lucy's cause? Okay, yes. Um, I've been advocating for Lucy for about 10 years. But when I first started, I was just... Um, attending demonstrations that were being held by another local group here in Edmonton, um, an animal rights group here. But they were focused on a number of issues aside from Lucy, um, but they did their very best to bring attention to Lucy's situation. And after attending their uh, um, events for a few years, I realized it would be really important for Lucy to have her own group that could advocate just for her. And so with the blessing of um, my colleagues with Voice for Animals, who I used to um, attend events for, uh, I started this group solely for Lucy. So Lucy's Edmonton Advocates Project. And what we wanted to do was rather than being um, considered an animal rights group and holding 
controversial types of events and, and yelling and screaming at the public, we thought that we might undertake a more friendly approach to try and get buy-in from the citizens here in Edmonton. The zoo, to their credit, has done an incredible job of brainwashing um, the citizens here into believing that Lucy's life would be at risk if she was moved, that Lucy prefers the company of people over other elephants, that Lucy is extremely bonded to her keepers, that the Valley Zoo provides one-on-one care that no sanctuary would be able to provide to Lucy, that Lucy has become acclimatized to the climate here in Edmonton, and they've done a very good job of convincing people of that. They have also done a very good job of convincing people that Lucy is at the end of her life, that she is a senior elderly elephant, and that it would be cruel to take this elderly elephant and to move her at this point in her life. So as I mentioned previously, we know that's not true. Uh, Lucy is a middle-aged elephant and could have many years ahead of her. So at LEAP, we felt it was important that we get out there and try to educate the citizens as well as our local politicians and try to correct some of the misinformation that had been circulating around. And of course, it wasn't hard to understand why the public believe that because if you observe Lucy, she certainly doesn't look like a healthy elephant. And um, personally, myself, I have volunteered in an elephant sanctuary and have met an elephant that's almost 100 years old and many elephants in their 70s, um, 60s. And when I compare Lucy to the elephants that I've seen in sanctuary where I volunteer, she looks like an old elephant. In fact, She walks worse than the 100-year-old elephant at the sanctuary where I volunteered. So it's pretty easy for people to buy into the story that Lucy is an old elephant because she has difficulty walking. Um, She looks sort of sad and forlorn. Um, She's extremely obese, and she looks very, very unhealthy. So people have bought into that. So we've tried really hard through a number of ways to try to reach the public. And by doing so, we've held family-friendly events where we've had, you know, uh, where we invite kids to come out. We've made balloon elephants for the children. We even wrote a kid's book. We made a children's activity book about Lucy uh, where they could learn some things about her. We um, would go out to local events here in the city and set up a table and try and engage citizens in a conversation about Lucy. We took a lot of abuse, to be quite honest, uh, from citizens who really did believe that Lucy was in the best place she could be and that we were actually an enemy of Lucy by wanting to move her and potentially putting her life at risk. So it took a lot of effort on our part to try to change the hearts and minds here in Edmonton. Uh, We also did things like uh, an LED light brigade where we would stand on a freeway overpass at dark and we had special signs that lit up that said Save Lucy to get response from the people below driving past on the freeway below. Um, And then we would get horns honking and people waving and just a, a bunch of different types of events that we've tried to do. We also did 32 sit-ins 
at city council because we've been trying to get them to put Lucy's story or Lucy's case on their meeting agenda for a public discussion um, with, with us. And uh, they have declined. So we decided to go and sit <clears throat> in city council chambers in our purple. We have a purple is our campaign color. We have our logo and our purple shirts. They wouldn't allow us to bring in any signs, <clears throat> but we would sit in chambers and basically just stare down city council. Um, they would know exactly who we were. And, you know, we had sent emails and, and registered letters as well, basically letting them know that we aren't going away and we will be here until such time that they, they would be willing to have a transparent discussion about Lucy's future. We've also undertaken an advertising campaign. Um, we've put half-page ads in the newspaper. We did social media uh, advertising quite extensively. Um, I've written op-eds that have been in our local paper. And most recently, after about seven years of working for Lucy, we decided to take the bold step and commission a professional poll. Now, initially, I, I kind of, in retrospect, wish we would have done it when we started. And I neglected to mention that we officially started at the beginning of 2015 as LEAP. And at that time, we felt that we had very little support. We started with five, just five of us locals here in Edmonton, and we have now grown to over 7,000 members. But we felt that we didn't have the buy-in from the public. So last year, we commissioned a poll. Uh, we hired a professional, professional polling company to go out and poll citizens here in Edmonton to find out where we actually stand and where they stand on the issue of Lucy. And we were delighted with the results to find out that two-thirds of citizens now do support Lucy being moved to sanctuary if it's safe to do so. I could almost guarantee it would be a quarter of that when we first started. So we have made some strides. Uh, we continue to always, you know, be respectful when we deal with the zoo and the politicians here. And uh, the thing we don't want to do is we have held some demonstrations, but the purpose of those is not to yell at the people going to the zoo or to criticize the people that care for Lucy, but really just to get the message out that Lucy does indeed have options and the people have been misled about um, the fact that she is going to die if she's moved to sanctuary because that is the primary message that the Edmonton Valley Zoo has sent out to our public. And with your experience seeing elephants who have gone to sanctuary, you can see they live far longer lives, which is in line with, I mean, elephants' lifespan is pretty much like a human lifespan. So uh, Lucy is middle-aged. She's certainly not at the end of her life based on what the Edmonton Valley Zoo is is leading the public to believe. And Marianne, I think it's an extraordinary accomplishment that you've been able to bring the public along with you in this education. So hats off, but I know there's a lot more work to be done and there's still a lot more work you're doing. Can you talk a little bit about, I believe, a documentary or other um, things in the works that are kind of bigger scale that I know Lucy's also been getting quite a lot of attention globally as well? Uh, yes, she has. We really tried to bring her story outside of the city of Edmonton as well. 
And we tried to network um, with like-minded groups, you know, across the globe. There's many elephants that are in zoos that shouldn't be. Um, and we've, we've attempted to connect with almost every single one of those groups. We've tried to build um, a network with elephant conservationists, elephant rescuers, and really follow the movement of elephants worldwide um, just to help us uh, use those examples that we see in other cities of successful transports and share them with people here in Edmonton. So that's been a big important part of this as well. Um, and to that end, we've done quite a few things. Um, I'll talk about the documentary briefly, but another thing we did was we formed a coalition, um, a worldwide coalition for Lucy. So that involved reaching out to uh, well-known animal welfare organizations across the globe who co-signed a letter along with us requesting that the Valley Zoo allow independent elephant experts in to examine Lucy. And some of the names included there was In Defense of Animals, Animal Defenders International, Compassion Works International, uh, the Save Elephant Foundation, Voices for Asian Elephants, um, the Sanctuaries, uh, Global Sanctuary for Elephants in South America, and just a number of various organizations that came on board to form this coalition for Lucy. So getting the worldwide sort of backing of other um, well-known and well-respected organizations. We ended up with about 45 different organizations who stand with us for Lucy. So that was one thing. Um, we also were fortunate enough to be approached by a documentary filmmaker who has wanted to do a documentary about Lucy. And so that has already started filming it started last year, um, last summer, the filming commenced um, when we were holding a demonstration at the Edmonton Valley Zoo last summer, and that was for World Elephant Day in August. So filming commenced there, uh, an award-winning uh, documentary filmmaker with our um, national news network, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, are putting together this full-length docu documentary film, which will focus on Lucy, but will also highlight some of the other elephants who have successfully moved to sanctuary and a few others that are still fighting to get to sanctuary. And there'll be some pretty big names uh, being interviewed in that documentary, but it will also focus on our local grassroots efforts here uh, to see Lucy get to sanctuary. So that is underway right now. Um, filming is continuing. And recently, we also got the attention of Cher. And Cher has an organization called Free the Wild. And last year, was it last year now? Time flies so quickly. <laughs> I think at the end of 2020, mm -hmm. uh, Free the Wild made a, an amazing rescue of an elephant named Kavan. This was an elephant that was in Pakistan at the zoo there, and he was living in horrible conditions in a concrete pit. He was fed only sugar cane and nothing else. He was um, kind of a violent elephant, had lashed out at people. He was an angry elephant um, for good reason. 
And Free the Wild undertook, along with some other partners, um, an amazing rescue of this elephant, Kavan. And this gained a lot of attention worldwide. And Cher uh, was tweeting out about Kavan, and it really hit, um, blew up everywhere. And Cher actually made the trip to Pakistan and then on to the sanctuary where Kavan ended up in Cambodia to see him arrive at the sanctuary. And a, a documentary film was made about Kavan's rescue. So after they completed their rescue of Kavan, they turned their sights on who they could help next. And lucky for us, uh, Lucy caught their eye. Uh, Cher saw some tweets uh, that were going out. And we were already connected with some of the people fighting for Kavan um, since we had formed that network of people. So it was to our good fortune that Cher took an interest in Lucy's plight. So now Free the Wild has joined the fight for Lucy and is currently trying to negotiate with the Edmonton Valley Zoo um, and have offered to bring in international experts to examine Lucy and have also offered to fund Lucy's transport to sanctuary should the experts deem it would be safe to do so. So that was an exciting uh, little bit of information. Mm-hmm. And we're just thrilled with that because we know Cher has a huge worldwide following. So we are anxiously awaiting as, as negotiations are underway with our uh, Edmonton City Council and Free the Wild to see if the city will finally accept the offer. They rejected the first offer from Free the Wild, but have seemed to open up the channels of communication again. And there's some new negotiating going on. Um, I think probably some of that has to do with some really negative press that the Valley Zoo has received recently, one of which was being listed as the worst zoo for elephants on the continent. So in defense of animals, a well-respected organization every year creates this list where they go out and research all the captive elephants in North America and come up with a list of the worst, the most suffering or the most uh, inappropriate zoos for elephants in North America. And this year, the Edmonton Valley Zoo garnered first place on that list as worst zoos for elephants. So that blew up pretty big in the local media here and shone a big spotlight on the Edmonton Valley Zoo. Right around the same time, it was reported that the city had decided to put $50 million into our decrepit zoo and um, to fund winter habitats for the animals here in, in their zoo. But it was reported that none of that money was allocated to improve Lucy's conditions. So that hit the media around the same time as the worst zoos list hit the media. And so there was a lot of pretty negative press um, against the Edmonton Valley Zoo. And it seems now suddenly they are considering some of the things we've been asking them to do, which one of the biggest ones is we've always pressed them to get a pool for Lucy. And all of a sudden now they're suddenly talking about a pool for Lucy and seem to be opening up negotiations again with Free the Wild. So um, we're hopeful there's some good things in the works Perhaps that will see something change for Lucy in the upcoming year, we hope. 
Yeah, I see. I mean, I've been reading the statistics and with Lucy's conditions and the the up, upgrades that are happening at the Edmonton Valley Zoo, again, the named the worst zoo on the continent for elephants in the annual list by In Defense of Animals. That is a very, very bleak situation for an elephant like Lucy in her tiny barn, no place to swim. Fortunately, it looks like they're potentially going to be giving her um, a pool and a yard of less than an acre or less than half an acre. Uh, so bleak conditions, but a little bit of optimism and hope with some of the global visibility, the documentary you mentioned, Share, uh, lending her her organization, and also some other celebrities have been coming out as well, I understand, in response to that list uh, that IDA in defense of animals came up with. Can you talk a little bit about any of the other bigger global scope um, or things that our listeners can do to support what's what's in the works for you and your team for Lucy? Uh, yes. Yeah, so along with the worst zoos list, um, Ricky Gervais and Moby um, were contacted by In Defensive Animals, and they lent their names in support of a of a call out to all of the zoos on that list to relinquish their elephants to sanctuary. So you know now Lucy's also on their radar. Um, in the past. Other celebrities have spoken out for Lucy, such as, of course, game show host Bob Barker, who is one of Lucy's longest, most ardent um, advocates. He has in the past also offered the Edmonton Valley Zoo uh, the funds to move Lucy at no cost to them, has also offered to pay for experts to come in and see Lucy but his offer was rejected, and that goes way back to 2011, uh, or maybe even 2009. Um, but they rejected his offer, and even back then made the same claims that Lucy was too old and too sick to die when she was still in her 30s. Um, William Shatner, another celebrity, even Paul McCartney allowed uh our colleagues at Voice for Animals to set up a display about Lucy at his concert menu. Um, Joan Jett, uh, Steve-O from Jackass, uh, a few others have also spoken out for Lucy. So she has garnered some uh, celebrity attention as well. And um, with that, when you mention your listeners, what we would hope or, or ask them to do First of all, is check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called Lucy's Edmonton Advocates Project. And if you search us, you'll find us. That's where most of our work comes out of, um, is out of our Facebook group. But we have a really big Twitter presence as well, at Lee Pieg, um, L-E-A-P-Y-E-G. And the Y-E-G is just the calling uh, numbers for our airport. Um, in case anyone's wondering why those three letters. And the same thing, we're on Instagram and we're also on TikTok. So people can follow us on those pages, share our posts, tweet and retweet any of the tweets that we have um, going out about Lucy. And most importantly right now, as you alluded to, um, we have a petition for Lucy that has been growing rapidly in signatures that we are planning to deliver this Friday to our city council offices and to the mayor. So it's an online petition by CARE2. 
And you will find that on our uh, Facebook page. It's being tweeted out on Twitter and also on our website, www.leapforlucy.com. So we would ask everyone to sign that petition and share it everywhere. If you're involved with any animal groups, please share it there um, on your timelines. We want to get as many signatures as possible um, before we deliver the petition on Friday to City Council. And just to mention, when we do deliver the petition on Friday, we will have uh, the documentary film crew um, alongside us. We'll be filming that as well as part of the documentary for Lucy. Um, So that's one thing listeners can do. On our Facebook group, there is a file section. And in that file section, there is uh, contact information for all of the officials responsible for Lucy's ongoing incarceration here in Edmonton. And we have a post there that says what you can do to help Lucy. So if you click on that, it will give suggestions. It will give the contact information for our city council, for the zoo directors, for city management, etc. cetera. Um, even our prime minister and our provincial ministers who are all complicit in one way or another uh, to Lucy's ongoing captivity here in Edmonton. I wanted to speak a little bit more about her conditions that you alluded to. Um, The biggest concerns, the two biggest concerns we have about Lucy is of course that she's solitary and anyone who has taken even five minutes to learn about elephants knows that they um, live in herds. They are in tight-knit matriarchal herds, um, generations of families, grandmothers, mothers, babies, aunts, cousins um, live in these herds and it is unheard of and highly inappropriate and cruel to keep a solitary female elephant like Lucy has been. So that is one of our biggest concerns is her solitude. And secondly, the climate here. We are in the northern part of Canada and we can see temperatures hit as cold as minus 40 Celsius, which is almost uh, equivalent in Fahrenheit when you get to that cold temperature. So uh, not appropriate whatsoever for an elephant. And we can have snow on the ground here six months out of the year. So um, that those two are the biggest reasons Lucy needs to be out of here. It doesn't matter how much they spruce up her area. If they add pools, if they add whatever they add, that doesn't change the fact that Lucy is solitary and that Lucy lives in a frigid climate that no elephant should ever be subjected to. Um, as Bob Barker said when he was interviewed about Lucy, Canada is a wonderful country, but it's no place for an elephant. And that's exactly it. And to that end, the majority of the zoos here in Canada have relinquished their elephants and sent, sent them south. Um, but unfortunately, the Edmonton Valley Zoo is, is digging in their heels and uh, is refusing to let Lucy go. So she lives in a tiny little barn with no windows. It's concrete. She has some trees painted on the walls. She has an area that's called her bedroom, which is a a pile of sand where she lays to sleep at night, and another small room beside it, and that is it. We're talking about 2,000 square feet for this massive animal that weighs 9,000 pounds. 
Um, she's living in something the size of my home. Her yard, you mentioned, is less than half an acre. She has never in her 45 years ever been able to immerse herself in water and swim. They will give her a hose to play with. They will give her a hose to drink from. Um, she doesn't seem to drink from water troughs. They typically seem to be empty, but the keepers instead will hand her a hose and she'll put it in her mouth and give herself a drink. Um, swimming is such an important part of an Asian elephant's life, and it's also important for, the, for their health. So in the case of Lucy, who is a 1,000 pounds overweight, and I will say that's likely due to inactivity, because of our climate here in Edmonton, many months of the year, she can't even get out of that tiny little barn and go out for a walk because it's too cold. So she's a 1,000 pounds overweight. The buoyancy of the water that a hydrotherapy pool could provide Lucy would finally give a chance to take some of that pressure off of her feet and her joints. So her two biggest captivity-related conditions are arthritis and foot infections. Because she is huge, overweight, and standing on hard substrates, and when she even does go for a walk, she's walked on the concrete pathways around the zoo. Even though there is no end of grassy areas, they do not walk her on those grassy areas because they don't want her to get near the trees and start ripping them down. They want the aesthetics of the zoo to remain intact. So instead, Lucy is guided down pathways with a keeper on either side of her holding a bull hook to ensure that she doesn't stray towards the foliage in the zoo. So because of those things and standing inside that barn, she has really bad foot infections and she has abscesses on the nails on her feet. So arthritis and foot disease are the biggest killers of captive elephants and are usually the reason for their premature demise. So Lucy has both of those issues. On top of that, being a thousand pounds overweight is adding even more aggravation to her feet and joints. And then over and above that, Lucy has very painful dental issues. And that is a big issue for elephants. Uh, elephants get six sets of teeth in their, life, in their lifetime, and they shed these molars as they age. Lucy's on her last set of teeth, and it's important that an elephant eat an appropriate diet to maintain the health of their teeth. Lucy's teeth are sideways. They are misplaced. And I actually have pictures of Lucy's teeth because I request, through Freedom of Information, Lucy's health records. Her teeth are sideways. They are decaying. There are food pockets where food collects because of the misshapen uh, situation with their teeth, and they're all pushing forward. Whereas if a normal, healthy elephant opens their mouth, you should barely be able to see their teeth because they're sitting nice and far back in their mouth where they should be. In Lucy's case, you can see her teeth. They're jutting out everywhere, they're black, um, and it looks extremely painful for her. And the Valley Zoo themselves admits uh, that her teeth are a problem, but they don't think that Lucy can withstand anesthesia to have her teeth um, removed by a, a dental expert. So she sits there, 
having difficulty chewing. And one of the reasons is, is she's been fed an inappropriate diet. And it's not just the Edmonton Valley Zoo. It's every zoo that keeps elephants. They are not typically in their natural homelands to eat the roots and branches and browse and grasses that they are designed to eat. They are often given things like hay, which is what Lucy gets. So hay is soft. She's not getting the branches that she should be pulling off of trees that will help her keep her teeth uh, healthy and, and, you know, being cleaned by the hard branches and roots that she would normally eat. Instead, she's fed the soft grasses and hay, and she's given very little variety in her diet, um, whereas in the wild, elephants can eat up to 40 to 50 different species of plants and fruits. And I get Lucy's record. I know exactly what she eats. She eats hay. She eats an elephant kibble, uh, uh, like a dog kibble. They give her a cup of popcorn for a treat. And she gets beet pulp given to her. And that's almost it for her diet. And then very occasional mentions where she might get a branch of some sort. Um, so that's why her teeth are in the condition they're in. So extremely painful. And then lastly, the psychological effects of an intelligent animal being in this tiny little shoebox with no stimulation from any of her own kind starts to affect her mental well-being. Recent studies have shown the neurological effects of captive elephants and how um, damaging it it is to their brains. a fellow named, I can't think of his name right now, and that's bugging me. Um, It was an article done by a scientist. His name is Bob, and I can't think of his last name. And Lori Marino wrote an article about the neurocaptivity issues with elephants in zoos. And it was quite striking, the damage, the brain damage actually done to these creatures just from their captivity. And we see signs of that. I'm sure your listeners and yourselves have heard of something called zoocosis, where uh, the animals are essentially going mad due to a lack of stimulation and boredom. So in Lucy's case, we have footage of her where she sits and she rocks back and forth incessantly. And this is called stereotypical movements. And we see that in not just elephants, but uh, other animals who are held captive. In some cases, you could see it with a tiger pacing back and forth, making a, a trough in the ground just from pacing in that same area back and forth. And it's, it's a self-soothing mechanism that the animals do because they're so bored that they occupy their time by rocking back and forth, bobbing their heads up and down. And in some cases with some animals, they literally pluck their fur out if Lucy doesn't have any, but if she did, she probably would, um, or even bang their heads against the wall just to try and pass the time. So um, that, in a nutshell, are Lucy's issues. And then the, the one that the zoo hangs their hat on is they claim that Lucy has a breathing problem. And um, 
we've been unable to get them to really tell us what is the nature of this breathing problem Lucy has. It remains undiagnosed, but they use it as the reason to say that Lucy's life would be at risk if moved and that if she was to get stressed, her breathing could become an issue for her and cause her um, concern during transport. And to that, we respond with what we understand, they have scoped her trunk, and it seems like there is constriction on one side of her trunk, which may or may not be due to her teeth actually pressing down um, on that one side of her trunk. But it could also be due to the climate here in Edmonton. It is a very dry climate. Elephants don't typically exist in a dry climate like this, uh, in a cold climate. And that could be causing a lot of extra inflammation and irritation in her nose. Um, a trunk in an elephant is, is their nose. And that could be the issue as well. We don't really know. But what we've asked the zoo is to prove that that would cause Lucy's life to be at risk if she was moved. Because what difference does it make if she's sitting in a freezing little barn here in Edmonton or she's sitting in the back of a transport truck? or on, the, on a plane on the way to sanctuary. She's not walking to the sanctuary, so how would her breathing problem potentially put her life at risk? And we've asked them to obtain measurements of her oxygen levels um, when she's exerting, when she's at rest, to be able to quantify and get some objective data to show why they may be concerned about her breathing, and that has yet to happen. So we don't really believe that. We don't believe the claims that Lucy can't survive transport. I personally have witnessed, as I witnessed the nearly 100-year-old elephant make a three-day trip to sanctuary. This was an elephant that was emaciated. <clears throat> she was infected, full of wounds from bull hooks. She was so sick, she made a three-day trip on the back of an open-air truck to sanctuary and we see it all the time across the globe and there is no reason to think that Lucy couldn't make the trip and in fact any elephant that's been transported to sanctuary in North America has survived there has not been a death of an elephant in transport to sanctuary and we know that the sanctuaries want to keep it that way their reputation relies on it so if they came and examined Lucy for potential transport if they foresaw any reason to think that Lucy wouldn't make it, they wouldn't move her. Boy, that was a mouthful. Sorry. Right. My God. No, thank you. I mean, I, I was feeling more optimistic uh, about the work that's being done and the spotlight being shown and a lot of the activism work. But then, Marianne, you're painting this picture in contrast of natural conditions for an elephant like Lucy compared to the conditions she's in now, which are very unnatural and decidedly unnatural because she's even being kept away from the very trees that are her instincts to be around. So I really, we, we listeners really appreciate you painting that picture for us because it does shed light into some of the really critical physical and psychological ailments that have come about. And those sound quite dire. Um, so thank you for painting those pictures for us. I think that's really necessary for us to hear. I also think that one of the things that you mentioned around um, visibility and involvement and people speaking out on behalf of Lucy, 
you, you mentioned, I, I want to say for our listeners, leapforlucy.com is where you can sign and share the petition and many social media handles as well, which I will ask you, Marianne, again, to repeat for our listeners. Um, but it strikes me that when you mention names like Bob Barker and you mentioned some of the celebrities, you know, that is a very, that crosses generations. I mean, I'm a Gen Xer myself. I'm in my 40s. And so Lucy's story to me, when I hear people who are legends like Bob Barker, like Cher, and also some younger generations banding together in support of Lucy, and of course the sanctuaries themselves, because they've been designed to take in and sort of replicate as best as they can the natural conditions that these elephants are in. I do feel some hope, but it does feel like quite a long journey, and it's been since 2015 that you all have been doing this. Can you talk about the future of LEAP and in addition to some of the work that's happening around the documentary and this Friday's petition to City Hall, what is a long-term view of how people who are listening can really get involved, uh, maybe even in a, in a more hands-on way? Yeah, so right now um, we are hope- we're hopeful um, that the negotiations with um, Free the Wild will be successful and that we mm-hmm. can finally get in um, a vet or two um, that has no predetermined bias. It's worth mentioning that the Valley Zoo has misled the public by saying that they have brought in international um, experts to examine Lucy. And that's very misleading because uh, what they consider an expert and what the rest of the elephant community considers an expert are completely different things. So, um, what they have done is only ever brought in zoo slash circus industry vets to examine Lucy. Um, and they bring in one in particular who has been Lucy's regular consultant. And he has seen her upwards of 10 times for her annual assessment. He is a fellow out of San Diego, um, the San Diego Zoo. And he is well known for his bias towards zoos versus sanctuaries. He, interestingly enough, was one of the experts chosen to examine another elephant, very much like Lucy in very similar circumstance, an elephant named Maggie, who was living at the Anchorage Zoo in Alaska. Maggie was also a lone elephant, had a lot of captivity-related conditions similar to Lucy, and um, the zoo rejected, much like the Valley Zoo does. And this, the Valley Zoo isn't different than a lot of other zoos facing pressure to move their elephants. They will often all claim that it's too risky to move the elephants or their elephants have a, a tight bond with their keepers. Um, so this isn't a new, this isn't new rhetoric. This is typical rhetoric from the zoo. But anyways, um, this Dr. Oosterheis examined Maggie, and they brought in 10 consultants to look at this elephant. And that's what we've been asking for for years. Us and some other animal welfare groups have put out the call to let's get a team of experts in to examine Lucy. That way it can be, you know, really fair, uh, experts chosen from both sides, and then come to a consensus. And that has never happened But at the Alaska Zoo, they did that, and they brought in 10 experts. One of them is Lucy's primary consultant right now, Dr. Oosterheis. He was the only one out of those 10 consultants that said that Maggie 
couldn't safely be moved to sanctuary. He said she would die if she was moved. Interestingly, up until that point, he was not the vet of choice for the Valley Zoo. But after his statement about Maggie not being able to safely make the trip to sanctuary, the Valley Zoo hired him as their consulting vet. And he comes annually to assess Lucy and basically gives the same assessment as he did the year before, finishing with the fact that no, uh, Lucy's life would be at risk if she was moved. So um, they call him an international expert because, of course, he's not from Canada. But there isn't uh, uh, any international elephant experts in Canada because why would there be? We don't have elephants. Right. 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 Um, And then they brought one in once from the UK, but he was brought in by CASA. CASA is the Canadian Association of Zoos and Aquariums that is sort of the the umbrella organization for zoos and have a vested interest in zoos, keeping their most uh, attractive, um, what's the better word, the, the, the biggest draw for people mm-hmm. to come into zoos, which are typically elephants. So CASA brought in a fellow from the UK. Um, so there's the other international expert. But this fellow was also um, holding a lone elephant at his zoo in Longleat Safari Park in England. So he was responsible for keeping a lone elephant, and there was advocates in the UK fighting for this elephant, Anne, to be moved to sanctuary, and it was falling on deaf ears, much like we experienced. And that was the other expert that they brought in. Um, And then other than that, they brought in Ringling Brothers Vets um, to look at Lucy. Last, uh, two years ago, they decided it would be a good idea to bring an equine vet in because they thought that a horse vet, being horses being big animals, maybe there was some value in bringing in a horse vet. We were absolutely stunned that they mm. did that. And then this last year, when they told us they were going to bring in three new consultants, they brought in a zookeeper from one of the zoos that was listed as the worst zoo for elephants last year. And again, Dr. Oosterheis, the third vet they were going to bring in, they said they were going to listen to us and bring in one of the sanctuary vets. And if I take them at their word, they say that they did reach out to the sanctuaries to invite one of their experts to come. Um, But we haven't been able to confirm that as of yet. So um, last year it was just Dr. Oosterheis again and uh, the zookeeper who looks after elephants in a zoo in uh, eastern Canada. So that's it. I mean, there has Mm -hmm. not been an international expert to examine Lucy. So that is the big push that that we want. So Mm -hmm. um, for your listeners, if they can write to our zoo officials and request and and also our city councillors and request that Lucy finally be examined by international experts that are not affiliated with the zoo industry, those that don't have a vested interest in whether Lucy stays or goes. And Mm -hmm. um, that is what we are pushing right now. And I've had some luck with my own city councillor who assures me that the Valley Zoo will consider our recommendations for experts um, that could be brought in for the next round of assessments for Lucy. So Mm -hmm. um, they haven't in the past considered us, but 
because of maybe some pressure and because we're making a little bit of headway with city council, maybe there's some hope that they will bring in one of our experts. But we hope that they'll actually listen to Free the Wild and allow their their team in. Yes, yes, Marianne, that I you've again you've painted a very complex picture and lots of parties that have varied interests in in Lucy's condition and her future. Some some quite nefarious and some quite um, positive and optimistic. We have just a few more minutes. So I want to give you one um, opportunity again to remind our listeners in the last couple minutes of social media handles and uh, any one final parting word for us uh, before we say goodbye. Okay. So again, um, search for us on Facebook. Our Facebook group is Lucy's Edmonton Advocates Project. We also have a Facebook page, but we use that mostly just for advertising. So the bulk of our information will be on the group. Um, Feel free to join the group. There will be a lot of calls to action there that your listeners could participate in. We have new calls to action almost every week where we might have a tweet storm. We might have an email storm. Uh, We also have our website, uh, www.leapforlucy.com. And one of the first things you'll see on the website is we have two automated letters, which are super easy for your listeners. If you just go and click on those in, and you just fill in your name and those letters will be automatically sent to every city councilor here, our mayor and the ministers in our provincial government that are responsible for um, issuing zoo permits to the Valley Zoo, etc. So those are two simple things that, that people can do. Um, on Twitter, you'll find us at app at leap l e a p y e g, which are our airport calling letters or y e g. You'll find us on TikTok at the same address, and also um, you can search us out on Twitter as well. Um, or I already said Twitter, right? Yeah, We're Instagram. On, on Instagram <laughs> um, under Leap for Lucy. Um, on and, Instagram. So and lots of on all the platforms. Yeah. And lots of great information. Um, in addition to what uh, Marianne has described for us, lots of great information on those social channels. Marianne, thank you so much. We're just about out of time, but I really hope that our listeners will contribute and contribute their voices and their hearts to your cause because you've been doing so much for Lucy and elephants around the world uh, representing why they should be going to sanctuary. So thank you so much, Marianne, for your time. And we wish everybody luck in the coming weeks, especially this Friday with City Council. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. And thanks for having me on. Likewise, Marianne. Thank you so much. Thank you.